Happy Hour with the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Baldina Siriano and Kristen McFeely. It's Friday. It's 5 o'clock. What are you ladies drinking today? I'm drinking a rum and coke, and it's really only because I didn't get to the store before the podcast. <laughs> I'm not a big <laughs> rum. I'm not really a big rum person, but it happened to be all that we had, and it feels nice and refreshing on such a hot day. So that's yes. what I've got. Sweet. So that was just on your bar? Yep. Here it is. All right. Nice. Is the ice melted oh, already? already melted. <laughs> <laughs> is that central air not in yet? It got, it, actually, it was installed last week. They were there oh, all week goodness. long, but it's only on the second floor, and I'm down on the first floor right now. Uh, okay. It's still pretty warm down here. But, oh, boy. Yeah. All right. I'll have to get you a nice fresher for that yeah. drink, yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's great. Dean, what are you drinking? I got this uh, Imperial... IPA from Neshaminy Creek called The Shape of Hops to Come. I've never had it before. My buddy, Drew, recommended I try it, so I picked it up at the store. It's really good. It's crispy. Neshaminy Creek has great beer. Shout out to Justin Wilden. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> She's listening. Thanks, Justin. She's listening. Sponsor. Sponsor. <laughs> I haven't had their beers yet. I can't. This is my first Neshaminy Creek beer, and oh, I really like it. Really so. so far, so good. So far, so good. How about you, Bill? I am drinking, I'm keeping it simple. I am drinking tequila on the rocks with some fresh lime juice. Wow. So hot today. I just, I really didn't want anything else to like drown out the booze. So I just, it feels like, you know, it's funny. It's like when I don't have a mixer, like my Pellegrinos that are great, but they're loaded up with sugar. For some reason, I feel more healthy when I'm drinking straight yeah. booze rather than, mm-hmm. you know, dousing it with, with a sugar drink. But um, anyway, uh, cheers, ladies. Cheers. Cheers. Bill, I thought of you recently. I wanted to say I was on a showing in South Philly right after Father's Day with this wonderful family from New York who like really want to live in Pashonk. So they have a three-year-old daughter and we're in an occupied house. No one's home. Like they're not home for the showing, but it's an owner occupied house. And of course the toddler had to go to the bathroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, of course go use the bathroom. It's fine. So she went number two. <laughs> okay. okay. Wasn't expecting that. That's uh, my time. client was like, Oh, the toilet's not flushing. And I was like, okay, of course. Like, what? And then you open the top and there's no water in the This is like a nightmare I had once, I think. Yeah, I was like, what are we going to do? And she's like, it's a tiny little, you know, it's not anything. I was like, of course it is. You have a three-year-old. And um, long story short, the, the dad, he was like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. And he got like a giant... Um, like cooking pot filled it with water water. and just kept dumping water into the top of the toilet and flushed it and I was like that is some dad stuff right there like ultimate dad he's like don't even worry they won't even know and I was like this is beautiful (laughs) so I was like man I'm in South Philly and the dad just like comes through like so I mean it's never it's never a dull moment so I've been dying to tell you that you know? you know what that goes on there also? The crap they don't show yeah. you on HGTV. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're not going to show you that crap. on House Hunters. They're not. No. That's making the, that's getting cut on the editing floor right there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, parent, this is parenthood right here. This is what parenting is all the about. The real like, shit, literally. real yeah. shit. Yeah. So. Love it. I thought that was adorable and just funny. quirky. And I'm never going to forget that. So cute kids and funny. man you, you have to be prepared for all 
scenarios. You got it on the fly. You got to be ready. And they didn't even panic. They were like, huh? Like, I feel like the mom was ready to just like fish it out of there. I was like, wait, wait. And yeah. he's like, I got it. When like, you first said he grabbed a pot, I was like, oh, don't tell me that's what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, no, he <laughs> like MacGyvered it. It was crazy. You know, so the, if the toddler's at like three years old, like they, they've been up to their elbows in baby poop for the last three years, yeah. it's not a big deal. No you big just deal. deal with it. You'll Unless figure it out. it's someone else's cooking pot. <laughs> Right. Oh, no, you just buy him a new one. Amazon it right over to the house. Well, it's just water. It. Yeah. It's just sink water. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah exactly. but if Water's it had to, yeah, deal. you got to yeah. get them a new. That's you got to prime that. But yeah, that's so funny. that's the stuff you hear here and not on HGTV. That's right. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go. I love it's it. one for the road, but. What are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about our top 10 seller mistakes because even in a ridiculously hot market, seller market, like this is, there are still homes that are sitting on the market 100, 200 days, and there's reasons. You can't just put it up for sale even in a hot market. There's things you have to do right. So we're going to be have some fun with this, and we're going to be talking about our top 10 seller mistakes. All right, ladies, we know that this has been a crazy seller market, probably the hottest market. Well, definitely the hottest market we've seen in a really, really long time, probably since 2006. Um, but there's still things sellers have to do properly to get their home to sell. So we're going to be talking about those right now, our top 10 list. These are in no particular order except for number one. We all feel that number one is definitely most important. And although there are 50 other things a seller really needs to do, this is just our top 10. All right, number 10, showing etiquette. You got to leave for all the showings. So important. Right? Don't attend the open house. Yeah. Absolutely. So this, Kristen, I don't know if you run into this. I don't know if you run into this, Dana, but, and I don't even run into it that much anymore, but the sellers have to leave the home for showings. You can't be home. I've been selling now for 11 years, so I tell my sellers that, and this is a true story, I never sold a home to a buyer when I show up and the seller's in the house. <laughs> I don't know if you have, but I have. Ne it's never happened. And I think it's, for me, like in my opinion, there's a couple reasons. One is the buyer gets distracted, can't really look at the house the way they want to because they now they feel bad, the seller's there, you're walking into a stranger's house, you're, uh, you're trying to be polite, and you're more concerned with not offending the seller rather than really paying attention to and focusing on what you're looking at at the property. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, sure. that's one. My second issue is, and I've said this to sellers many times, many times, I feel that, and this is more of a feeling, the buyer can't picture themselves as the owner of the property when the current owner is standing there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you yep. have to use imagination and they're like, well, this isn't my home because that's their home and they're here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So you have to leave. Yeah. I think also buyers go through so fast when the seller's there because they feel like they're taking up their time. They're like, oh gosh, we have to rush through this and they're not paying attention. Similar to what you said, Bill. Um, I think 
other times, sometimes you'll get a seller who will say, well, I want to be here for showing so that I can give the tour and point out all the things that I've done and all the great, you know, nobody wants to hear that. And the biggest thing after, even if the seller is super nice and everybody gets along great, you're never going to get true feedback. As a listing agent, you're never going to get real feedback from that buyer because they don't want to offend the seller who just gave them the tour. So that's another thing. I've, I recently had one in the burbs. Um, I showed my clients and the seller was there. He met us there and he gave us a long, like an hour long tour, which made us late for the next showing. But we didn't want to be rude and cut him off. And uh, and honestly, at the end, they were just like, we didn't know, like we were ready to end. Like we, this house wasn't for us. He took so long. And then I couldn't give good feedback because he just you know, I couldn't give honest feedback because he was there and he was so nice. Um, but just, it wasn't for the buyers. You, you just, you can't be home. You just cannot be home. I love what you said, Bill, about buyers not being able to see themselves there when someone else is there. That's brilliant. That's 100%. Dina, have you ever gone through that? I have. Um, yeah, I have some weird stories there. I mean, I had, I did a showing and the husband was passed out drunk in the master bedroom <laughs> yeah and she's we've all like, had those drink i'm like what okay and like but yeah it's it's hard because that's supposed to be your time mm -hmm. it's half an hour on the books it's really 15 minutes like you can go get a cup of coffee go sit in your car we met the house mary and i bought in port richmond that we're renovating which six months later anyway um we met the owner and she was so cute so there, there's a pros and cons, but she, she went and sat in her car immediately. Like, it's okay if you're there to give access, like if you don't have a lockbox. But box, then leave. Yeah. But you got to leave. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm almost glad that we saw her really fast because, you know, she was so sweet. But like, that's it. Just yeah. open the door and split. Yeah. Don't linger. No loitering. Okay. You got to go. Yeah. I tell my sellers that. I said, if you, if, you, if you happen to be here, if they get here a few minutes early and you're here, that's okay. <laughs> Just step out. Right. As soon as they arrive. Yeah. Hi and goodbye. Step out. That's it. Big thing is this goes for all the sellers that have tenants in their property. Make sure your tenants are aware of showings and that they also leave. Because the, I, I found the craziest experiences have been when tenants have been yeah, in the home when you've sure. walked in. Yes. I mean, they've been in the yeah. shower when you come through. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, they're <laughs> naked. They're, I mean, we had every experience you mm -hmm. could possibly imagine. And usually that's tenants because they haven't been, you know, informed on really what they should do and that they need to leave. So yeah. that goes for tenants as well. <laughs> yes. I was just telling you guys that story yeah. that I was in this house for like 15 minutes without realizing that somebody was sleeping in the back room. Ugh. Then we went, and I hate that when you walk up the steps and the, and the bedroom doors are shut. Yep. That's the oh, worst gosh. feeling because... Now I'm knocking and I'm afraid to open the door because you don't know what you're going to see. There's a guy sleeping there. I, I dead woke him up. He didn't even know I was in the home. Then he's in the bathroom brushing his teeth with the door open. Now we look at the room. Now we're walking by the bathroom, but we have to look in the bathroom. I'm like, this guy's in his boxers brushing his teeth. It was the weirdest, weird. Obviously, that didn't go well that day. But I had this other one where I had this older couple and the guy had... He didn't want to leave. He was he was in the home, and then he like you said, he's showing us around, and he's showing us, he's giving us a tour, and I'm just like, oh god. He takes us in the basement, and he's telling us how he just redid the basement. Everything's brand new. Come on down. We go down. I'm looking around. I could tell it's not brand new, right? It's obvious because there was carpets. I'm like, this is not brand new. Yeah. 
So I like I open up the mechanical closet and the hot water tank's ten years old and he's going, Everything's brand new in here. Brand and, new, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> This is ten years old. <laughs> like not being rude, but I'm like, uh, well, this tank's not well no, everything's everything I said everything done was done at the same time. He's like, Yeah. And I realized this guy's eighty. So Aww. 10 years ago, Feels it was like new. two weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so totally. it's brand new to him, but everything was had a 10-year age on it, you know? As far as a seller's disclosure, I mean, as far as a seller being there, there's a lot of things that they could disclose or not disclose that is not, you know, that's not, it's, it's illegal. It's a, there's a liability mm-hmm. issue when the seller's there sometimes saying things like that. They said that to the buyer. That's the true. buyer took that as faith. The buyer buys the house and then everything goes because the hot water heater only has a 10 year life expectancy. So it goes yeah. the first day they're there. They're going to say, well, what it, the seller said this was brand new. What What in the world? Which yeah. brings us to number nine. Yeah. Make repairs. Mm-hmm. Make the necessary repairs. Put, put your buyer hat on. Right. You guys like. Yeah. Perfect example. Clean it up. Do the roof. Number eight. Paint. Fresh coat of paint. Painting goes a long way. Painting definitely goes a long way. And and on a personal note, just because we also, I also do staging as well, I would say, you know, for a while everybody was doing like a light gray, like a grayish kind of color. Now I, I really recommend that people go white, like, like a gallery white color or so, something that's sort of similar because I feel like now the gray is getting so out and, um, and people are actually turned off by it. Which is weird. It's kind of like so. The gray's out already. The gray's so, already out. Yeah, Sorry, fifty shades though. of no. Fifty shades yeah. of no. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you a million. percent. It's the same Kristen. feeling you get when you walk in and see beige. Like you know exactly well, beige, what time yes. period that beige was. Beige was ten years ago. So like when and, I, that's how like and you gray know. is like three years ago. Gray is right. the new beige. Yeah. All right, Kristen. So give us give us thing. the new color. I give just say out. like a white, like a white. like a really. Like you, you want to check your white. Really white? It's not like an off white. It could be a slight off white. It could be a slight, slight off. Like I like the color gallery white, which I think is Benjamin Moore color, um, because it's not warm and it's not cool, and everything kind of looks good up against it. And sunlight looks good, incandescent light. Everything kind of looks good with it. It makes your artwork, you know, and the furniture look good. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. I kind of think. But I, I would say paint and just give everything like what a buyer really wants to see is clean, like clean mm-hmm. and fresh and a fresh coat of paint will absolutely do that. And I'm not opposed also in terms of paint, like depending on the style of the home, if you do, I mean, I'm always kind of into doing something that makes the house look a little bit different, not so stylized that it would turn off a potential buyer, but if if maybe painting an accent wall, a color or something yes. um, would make the furniture and make you know, the, the home stand out and it's appropriate for the neighborhood and the potential buyer. I'm all for that as well. I mean, my house has black walls. Like I literally have black walls in my house. I'm not necessarily condoning that for when you put your house on the market, (laughs) but it makes a statement. It totally makes a statement. So if you, if you have a house that could kind of use that punch, um, I, I'm not opposed to a color either. Don't you feel like, at least I run into this, where if it's if every room is painted a different color, a buyer's gonna look at that as work. Yes. Oh, I need to paint. They're yes. gonna paint anyway. You might as well give them 
a clean, a clean slate, fresh canvas, yep. which is why painting the house white is a no brainer. It's also, it makes the room look bigger. It makes it look brighter and it just goes so far. All right. So we had number nine was make repairs. I just wanted to say one yeah. thing about that and, and what I tell my sellers, cause this is true. Cause I see it. We all see it when we're walking buyers through homes. And it's your eye as a buyer tends to go towards a problem, something if there's even if there's like a, a like a decent size, a golf ball size hole somewhere like you look at that, they see a stain on the ceiling like they'll see these things. That's where your eye tends to go. So if you can eliminate those then you you sort of eliminate concerns of the buyer. So that's number nine. We have paint number eight. Number seven, clean your house. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like an obvious one, right? You would think so. <laughs> but so many people don't. Clean your house, everything, like make your beds, do your dishes, um, clean up the, the trash. <laughs> clean the water the box. Trash. Yes. Like yeah. put your laundry away. Clean your yeah. house. Absolutely. Oh God, there's nothing worse than walking into a bedroom that with an unmade bed and a laundry hamper with clothes that are just there. Ugh, dirty clothes sitting there. It's hard oh, to no. look at. It's the worst. It's really hard to look at. Buyers know that you live there, so the home doesn't have to be spectacular like it would for the photos. That's what I usually tell sellers is, is let's get it right for the photos. Go crazy with getting it right for the photos. Then for showings, just keep it tidy. Yep. Like you said, Kristen, make the mm-hmm. bed. If you have some uh, blankets on the couch, fold them, get the cushions right. If you have be- if you have a baby, put the toys in the, you know, away. Yeah. Like people, buyers can understand that you live there and that, that is what it is. But you're right. Like don't have stuff on your kitchen counters, like dirty dishes, put those away, put everything in a dishwasher and, you know, stuff like that. Don't have clothes laying around. I mean, you don't have to go crazy and do a spring cleaning for every no, showing, no. but you have to straighten. Yeah. You have your to company's up. coming over. Think of it that way. Exactly. That's, That's yeah. what exactly I tell my it. people. That's exactly it. Which then leads us to number seven. Well, number six, but Bill. <laughs> oh, sorry, number six. That was number no, seven. Number six. Number six, odor. Oh, yes. Guys. That's a big one that people overlook. Yes, yes. Is odor. I think there's a commercial that says you've gone odor blind or nose yeah, blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So if you live in a house with pets, you're used mm-hmm. to it. But someone that doesn't have pets is not used to that. So get a friend's opinion. Get your realtor's opinion on um how the home smells because believe it or not if the home smells bad it you forget, forget it. it like you the buyer's not even going to go no. through they won't make it to the kitchen so that's a huge one i had this one listing appointment this is a few years back and they had s- so many cats and i felt bad they were really <laughs> nice but they were like bringing in all these stray cats like literally there had to be eight cats there was three litter boxes on the first floor. Oh man! So, I mean, this was a this was a uh, a rare occasion. But I literally said, "You got to move out. Like, yeah. you got to give me this house empty. I mm-hmm. can't do it." Yeah. I was like, "No, you're gonna get crushed in the price." And I know it sounds crazy, but you can't have eight cats nope. in here. It's just no way. So they moved out, gave me the house empty. I got it clean, staged, and painted, and we sold it. But but. I mean, it just would have been too difficult, but odor is a huge one. You guys huge. think? It's, it's huge. 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 I mean, 
we're not all cat people. We're not all dog people. Some of us don't have pets, but like that's so challenging. There's such a stigma there, I feel like. And um, you got to clean that thing. If you're not cleaning it every day, listen, email me. We need to talk. <laughs> I've been on showings where the house smells phenomenal. And that goes a long way, too. It doesn't have to yeah. always be negative. I showed a, a condo in Rittenhouse. And I mean, one of my favorite candles wasn't lit, but you can tell it was on the kitchen counter. Like these people, their candle game was strong. And we're candle. I'm a candle person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like, OK, you need to buy this. Like they have good taste. This house is in good shape. Like it sets the tone. It's like a, if you wear yeah. a fragrance, it sets the tone. You know, that's a really good first impression. So make a good first impression because that conversation can be really awkward, too. Like, how's my house smelling? If you're like, listen, there's something in your teeth. <laughs> like, that's one of that's that conversation. <laughs> but you have to have you it. You just have to be. You know, and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be aware yeah. of it. You have to and be aware of it. That's something that you can change. There's a an amazing store in Port Richmond called Shapers Cleaning Supply. If you think an odor can't be mediated, you are wrong. It can that's all I'm going to say. You call them. That's good to yep. know. And like, I remember I had a condo in Spring Arts in Buttonwood Lofts. Okay. And, you know, I think the people that live below the unit smoked a lot of weed, let's just say, or, you know, adult cigarettes. Okay. However, Bill <laughs> wants to edit this. Let's just say, I think you said they it. They smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> what are you going to do? And so somebody at Compass showed it. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's <laughs> lettuce. And uh, they were like, hey, just so you know, I could smell X, Y, Z. And I was like, what should I do? And he was like, get this. It's $10. They sell it at Lowe's and Home Depot. It's called bad air smell. And he's like, get a couple of those, put them in the corner of the room, 86. You'll be fine. And I put that in my basement now because I have cats. We keep the litter box tight. But it's like basement smells another thing. When you show a property, that's where you like really stick your nose out is when you go in the basement in a row home. You're like, all right, is it musty? Does it smell like cat pee? Like, what's mm -hmm. the deal? So there are solutions out there. It's a weird conversation to have. It's, it's it, You kind of feel naked as a seller. You're vulnerable, but you got to be vulnerable when you're listing your house as, as part of the process. That's not on the list, Yeah, but it's top of mind. <laughs> Most of that stuff's fixable, yeah. but you, you have to be aware of it. And you have to try yeah. to address you do it, it. Right? And cigarette smoke, you brought up smoke, a different type mm -hmm. of smoke, but cigarette smoke is definitely, it's a tough one to get rid mm -hmm. of, but you have to tell people if they're smokers, they can't smoke in the mm -hmm. house yeah. while the house is on the market. They have to go outside. And then I was just going to say on the other opposite end of the spectrum, another huge pet peeve I have is when people have too many air fresheners yes. in a house. Because the moment you walk in and there's like a thousand Glade plugins, you're like something's <laughs> yep. up. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's so overpowering, it smacks you in the face. And you're like, this is just awful. Something is up. Something's yeah. going on. What are they covering? The dead body Absolutely. in the basement. Right, right. Absolutely. So be yeah. careful. Be very mindful of that. Like you might think like, oh, this smells great. I'm going to put a plug in in every single outlet. No, no. no that's overkill. That that's like too much Axe body spray. Like, you yeah. don't no <laughs> yeah. ask for that. Like get one. You know, what sucks. Like if it's your house, at least you can address it. But what sucks is I was showing this like million dollar condo a couple months ago. And we get off on the fifth floor of the elevator. And before we get into the unit, we just smelled an overwhelming weed, weed odor. 
And the guy was like, you know, obviously he was like conservative. He just looked at me. I was like, oh, this is dead. Yeah. This can't happen because yeah. even though it might not have even smelled in the unit, but he doesn't want to deal with that. You're spending that kind of money in a building. And every time you got to go to the elevator, it's just like hitting you in the face. Yeah, listen. Yeah. So at least with your home, you can control yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the, the condo thing, that's a that's a bigger obstacle because you can't there's only so much you can control. Right. But that's. <laughs> That, yeah, I feel for you. That's that sucks. So at number five, we have listing description. Kristen, this is all you. Go. What? <laughs> all right. This is the thing that I I'm like. Okay, so I guess part of this is maybe part of the obvious part of all of these that we're saying is choose a realtor that will work with you and will do a mm-hmm. good job. I think that's part of it, but mostly because they write the listing description for you mm-hmm. and. To me, this is such an important part of the process. I feel like you can absolutely sell a home based on the listing description if you do it right. Um, when I write a listing description, it's one of my favorite things to do, but I'm not, it takes me a very long time to do it. I don't just throw up, you know, a two bedrooms, three, two baths, condo, Rittenhouse Square. I mean, I, you have to get into, you have to pretend that. The person looking at this has no idea where Philadelphia is, no idea about this neighborhood, no idea what this home could be. Don't use abbreviations because most people don't know what that means. And really describe the lifestyle of living in that home. Describe what the neighborhood means, what that neighborhood is all about, what it would be like to live there, what you can walk to, where public transit is, um, what school catchment it's in, if that's important. And then when you're describing the house, like don't over embellish, don't keep using the words beautiful and gorgeous. They don't really mean anything. Really describe what the house is. And, um, And I think this could work for a house that's like in great condition that's like a new, you know, kind of a newer rehab or a new construction or something like that. But I think it could also work for a property that, you know, maybe has some funky features, like play those up if you're, if you're able to. Um, We did, we did, we've done a couple of these because we've on our team, we've had a few of these sort of grandma listings. Bill, you had one, the property next door to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Steph on our team has had a couple of them. One of the fun things to do is write a description about a home like that it makes it so much fun i think dina will agree obviously but i think your descriptions are like one of the best in the city for I think all a lot properties. of people feel like, that uh, way like right yeah yeah her descriptions are ridiculous a lot <laughs> of people really feel are. that way they're really mm-hmm. good so um i have two quick uh thoughts on descriptions one is i i was telling Kristen this not long ago that when I read a description, if it's three sentences, I say to myself, this realtor does not think this is a great property. Yeah. So I feel like I can get it for less than that list price. 100%. And that's that's my own thing. So, But when I see a description like Kristen writes, like ridiculously detailed, I, I you know, they're, they're, they believe in the property. That's the way I view it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One quick story about this. So, like, when I first started in the business is 2009, like, I wrote descriptions. I always write my own descriptions, obviously, but, like, I didn't know how important it was until I was in the business a few years. And I was doing comps for this listing I had coming up. And there were two houses that were almost exactly the same. And one had, I swear, it was like a $50,000 price difference. And I could not figure it out. And I'm 
killing myself. I'm looking at these photos. I'm looking at the square footage. I'm looking at everything. What's finished, what's not. And then I stopped and I said the only thing different about these two listings was one had a ridiculously great description and one didn't. And I was like, could that really be? And from that moment, that's when it kind of kicked in for me. Like, you have to write a great description. It's important. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's different ways to write it, too. One can be like if it's like... um. I don't know, like a like a historic property. You kind of want to get into the details if you can, if you can find the information. Sometimes you have to do a little research. I mean, that's what you're hired to do. You're making a commission yeah. as a realtor. So, you know, like a, who was the architect? Um, where was it? What, you know, when was it built? At, at what, during what era? Um, what about the facade? Like, what can you talk about, about the type of home? Um, but also sometimes when it's not a home like that, I sometimes will write a description. There's different ways to write it, but sometimes I'll write it like as literally like you walk through the front door, kick off your shoes, make your way to the back patio, grab a glass of wine out of the wine fridge. Like you actually sort of describe your your walking through the home um, almost like a video would be like when you're kind of doing a tour. And if you can do that and do that well, people picture themselves being there like, oh, my gosh, I could do that. And, you know, a huge dining room to entertain for Thanksgiving and, you know, those kinds of things, um, I think, really, really go a long way. Descriptions, super important. That's big money. Number four. It is. Staging. So staging if the property's vacant um, or if your furniture just really is too big for the space. I mean, Kristen could talk more on this because she has her own staging company. But if, if, or just having your furniture properly arranged for the photos and for the space. And sometimes that means that that's not the way you normally live where the furniture is. But for showings, for the photos, it's better because it maximizes the space. But Kristen can talk more about that. Yeah, 100%. I I think one of the things, so I do have a staging company as well called the Philadelphia Design Collective. And I think one of the things that, um, we'll, we'll either stage a vacant property just like, you know, normal, or we will what we call restyle where we'll come in when the people are living there and help them rearrange their furniture, maybe bring in a few accessories if they need it. Um, tell them what they need to put into storage because they need to get that out of there because to make the space feel larger. Um, so we definitely do that. And one of the biggest things that we hear from sellers is, Oh, this isn't, this doesn't feel like me anymore. This isn't how I lay my furniture out. And you have to just say, look, you're not selling this to another you. You're selling this to a buyer who, you know, like you have to really take the emotion out of it, take the personal part out of it. And if you are still living in this home while it's on the market, you have to make it look as great as it can. I'm 100% all for staging. I always have been, even before having a staging company. I think it's so, so important. Me too. I agree. Yeah. And, and another, just one other note about staging. Staging doesn't mean you have to, again, we're going to talk about gray. You have to, you bring in the gray sofas and the gray rug and everything looks all washed out in gray. I mean, one of the things that I think my staging company does pretty well where we, because two of us on the, who own the staging company are also real estate agents, we have real estate experience. So what I always do is like, think about what we're staging, what kind of property it is, where it's located and who the target buyer will be, and then stage to suit that buyer. So if it's like a row home in Fishtown that's going to be, you know, priced at 350 and we know who that buyer is going to be, 
we make it funky. We make the staging funky. We bring in some antique pieces. We bring in some retro pieces. We bring in some huge pop art. You saw that, Dina, that one that I did in, on York Street that was like all 60s inspired. Yeah. Like sometimes you like you make it funky. Like you can kind of go outside of what someone would say, oh, gosh, this is not a very safe stage. I don't do many things that are super safe anyway. No. But um, but I think have <laughs> Bill and I on your team. Hash- like that's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Deep. hashtag orange hashtag couch, orange yeah. couch oh yeah exactly <laughs> but hey exactly <laughs> my yeah. listing here we go I'll again what, my seller was cool with it though he was yeah. like I, if that's what's selling mm-hmm. and, and it was so funny because now that one i didn't have anything hey, to do it's with still but sold. yeah I, well your company but it's still did. sold it's old but for any anybody who wants to see uh kristen's portfolio check out phillydesigncollective.com so she has all the photos of her staging and what we're talking about and again if you have furniture and you live in the property and you don't want to bring in all new furniture we totally get that but then it's just come it comes down to like just arranging your furniture properly so it shows the best uh use of space here's my other little tip a lot of times people say i need to clear my home of all personal belongings because that's what hgtv tells Mm -hmm. me to do and i'm a big proponent for not totally doing that um, you don't want an entire wall and an entire refrigerator with magnets of uh, the all refrigerator's of your, my pet peeve. I have one of my sellers just get clear off, the off that refrigerator. Yeah. But if you have one wedding photo up or you have like a couple baby photos up or a family photo or some pictures with friends, there's nothing wrong with that. You want the home to feel like it's loved and it's lived in and it's loved. You want the buyers to come in and have an emotional connection with the home. So if it's a vacant property, one of the things we do with staging is like we do some kind of like fun art, like a really large scale like pop art piece or some, something that connects and feels like like there's a, like a personality here. You, you want the home to have a personality. Number three, that dollar for dollar falsehood. Oh, I love this one. Yeah. Your seller is like, well, I invested five grand into this, so I need to see that five grand back like that conversation. Right. So yeah. they spent they spent 5000 on something and they want an extra 5000 on top of the list price that you told them. For example, I had a client who needed his yard was a mess and it, all the cement was broken up. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was going to cost like, I think it was like four grand. So let's just say 5000 to re-cement everything. And he wanted to know if he was going to get that 5000 back. And I said... Well, you have to look at it this way. I couldn't sell the property with the yard the way it is. There you go. Right. So you have to do this. So not every dollar you spend goes on top of the sales price. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, yeah, that's such a conversation that comes up so often. I actually have a funny example of it right now, a kind of a different spin on it. I have clients who put, Bill, I think you sat an open house here. They put a very, very expensive hot tub on the on a roof deck on a three story house in Bella Vista. And they it was so expensive. They reinforced the deck. They have like um like a I don't know, wine cooler kind of thing up there. They have a TV up there on the roof deck. It's cool. It's definitely cool. They told me how much they spent on it. I almost died. It was so oh, expensive. Man. We now have an offer on the property. The first thing they wrote into the agreement of sale, have the hot tub removed from uh, the roof deck. Now it's cost. So when, when I would have conversations with my sellers about like reducing the price and they kept bringing up what well, we have that hot tub on the roof deck. You know how much we spent on that roof deck? That roof deck is, you know, 
maxed out to the nines and this. And I'm like, but I know, but that isn't what everybody's looking for. When we finally got an offer on this property, they wanted the hot tub removed. Now my sellers have to spend five grand removing the hot tub because they have to get a permit on the street. They have to get Mm -hmm. a crane to go and lift it. And they have to have it transported out to the main line where they live now. I mean, talk about wanting dollar for dollar what you spent and absolutely getting the opposite of that. You are spending money to get it off. Yeah. That's crazy because I think, I and this is important you, for sellers to know that not every, you know, buyer next slash next homeowner thinks like you do. Right. right. Thinks, you know, has your taste. Like I would not want a hot tub on my no. I would not want that at all. I'm, you know, I, I just, that's all. I'd rather have the space. Clean slate. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want yeah, your baggage. Absolutely. Like clean slate. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great example yeah. of a seller spending money thinking that that's going to improve. Just because you're spending money on your home does not increase the value. Right. It's when it's something a, that's it, done it for you to your taste and your or yeah. something that needs to be replaced. Or something that needs to be done. You know, yeah, if the yard your is central a great air example. system's shot. And you spent eight thousand right. getting a new. This does not increase the price. You didn't have central air till you replaced that. Right, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> mm-hmm. man. Right. So that's that's a great one, guys. Number two. We down to number, number two. two. We're at the top two right now. Okay. There's top certain things two. we haven't even you discussed should... yet, and I think we know. <laughs> if you haven't figured out the top two yet, then you really need to be paying attention in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> top two. Close call. Number two. Photography. Yes. Yes. Photos got to be good. First impression is photos. Everybody's looking at homes online first. If the photos stink, they'll pass right by you. Yeah, it's like Tinder. It's like I don't, I don't know anything about that. I don't, that. Either. I don't Tell know us about that either, like. bro. I've been I've been off the market for a long time. I'm just saying. It's, you, have, you have friends that listen, are swiping. That's Zillow. <laughs> Zillow is Tinder for houses. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I love it. You're right. Yeah, you I like that. Right. that but yeah, so, Kristen, what so were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say you. If you're not using a professional photographer at this point, like I know iPhones can do some pretty great things, but no way should you be using your iPhone for photos of a property. You need a professional photographer. I mean, we go so far on our team is to do like detailed shots of special items in the home. If, if there are any feature shots, um, we do a lot of times we'll do a video or we'll do a Matterport tour, which is a 3d tour that you can sort of take, you know, guide yourself through the home. I think especially with, um, COVID, you know, people people really don't want to go into a million homes right now. And also people can't. I mean, the the time frame, you have like a 15 minute window and you can't have overlapping appointments. And it's 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 hard to get into homes now. So really, the very first showing is online. That is the first showing. It has to be the photos just have to the photos, the description, everything has to bring you in. And then I tell my sellers if they schedule an appointment, it's like a second showing at that point. It's that important. Absolutely. The photos point. are that important. No, yeah. I told Yeah, 100%. So because everyone's starting online, they're looking at your photos first. That's the first thing everybody's looking at. They're, you know, and uh, if they're, that doesn't fit or if they're bad. And we, we, <laughs> we've seen a lot of bad photos. Oh, God. I've, how, about, how about we were talking about this not long ago? I've seen a photo of someone trying to 
take an exterior shot of where (laughs) the home was located. And it was literally of an intersection, the intersection, you know, street sign from their driver's seat in their car through their windshield. And I saw the inspection sticker at the bottom <laughs> left-hand corner. Of oh, my God. It's like that bad. That bad. Or people in the house. You yeah. know what I mean? Somebody sitting on the couch or a baby crawling. It's like, what is going on Dog here? photos. Or not even, the, not even photos with the phone. Photos with like the date stamp on the oh, corner from, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, like a digital yeah. camera. Oh, what is man. that? No, so bad, so bad. I, this is my personal opinion, but like the dog photos need to stop. It just needs to stop. Unless the dog is part of the sa- I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, it's cute. But like, why is that the cover photo? I don't understand. I don't get it. I'm all for comedy, but it's just not, it's not there. there. It's not a no. good, it's not, it's not this a good. This isn't Pixar. Thing. No. And if there are bad photos or no photos, Buyers are going to think something's wrong with the property immediately, immediately. So even when we're doing like a coming soon promotion, I still think you should have a photo or a even an image or something just to have nothing. Immediately, people go right past it. They're like, something's wrong with this or they would have a photo. Here's another thought, too, on photos. Um, I've seen it in the past where I've had potential clients. I've been in appointments and they're they're actually like maybe they're like photography is like a hobby of the seller and they actually take really good photos but they're not real estate photos in other words they might be just close up of finishes and it's okay if it's one or two but when it's that the whole house is like Mm -hmm. that it like in other words uh, a photographer that's used to shooting you know real estate photos, home photos, you have to be able to capture the space properly. So there's an art to that. So it's not just having good photos of small things, right? Proper lighting, obviously that, that makes a good photo, but you have to be able to have a photographer that's done this before where they're able to show the space properly. Depth of field. Right. That's the industry term. Yeah. That's the industry term. I mean, think about it. Everyone's on Instagram. Everyone's on Facebook. You're looking at photography. You're like, everyone knows the difference between a good image versus trash. A gar- like, it, I bet right. you Robbie can take a better picture. There's a certain standard now than versus, you know, 16 years ago, 10 years ago. It's different now. There's a well, different yeah. standard. Like, well, yeah. All social yeah. media is just image heavy, right? Everyone's looking at yeah. photos, right? Uh, picture is a thousand yeah. words, right? They say, Worth a right? Thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything we've spoken about up to this point, right? The repairs, the painting, the staging all lead up to now we want to take a picture of that. So it has to be a good photo. Right. Otherwise, you just wasted your time doing everything. Absolutely. Else. Right. Right. If you can do steps 10 through, you know, three. <laughs> Then number two is a no-brainer because then your your head's on straight, <laughs> yeah. right? Your right. eyes on the prize. But yet people get that Dude, wrong. They do. But people get that they wrong. Do. They do. And it's such a no-brainer. It's so easy to screw up, but it's so simple to do right. Number one, <laughs> price. Price is everything. Where is Bob Barker? Price. <laughs> the price is right or the price is wrong. That's it. It all comes down to price. So. 
for example, I had a friend who was talking about this property and it's been on the sitting on the market now for a while. And I, I told her, I said, if this house has been on the market for more than two weeks, so it's the price. Something's up because this market, everything's selling. And she was saying, well, it's near a main street and the yard's not that big. I said, I okay, I understand that. But it still all comes down to price. If the price was right. lower, they wouldn't care that it's near the main street. They wouldn't care that the yard's smaller. So especially in this market. Um, and if you're going to put up, getting back to the photos, if you're going to put up a home with no photos, like even that would sell quickly if it's priced correctly. Right. So it really does all come down to price. If your home's not selling, I mean, that's the thing you want to look at first. If you have all these other, other things <laughs> in order and making sure that people are seeing your property, then it's price. I always feel like I go into an, a listing appointment with a range in my head for the most part, for the most part, because I, I work in primarily the same neighborhoods and I know them pretty well. So I kind of have a range in my head. And then I always tell my sellers what I'm providing to you as a, is a CMA of a range. And now that I've seen the home, I'm going to go back and do more homework and and come back to you with a proposal, essentially. And the proposal includes things that they can do to improve the home. Um, if they elect not to do those things, this is where the price is going to land. If they decide to do those things, here's where the price could land. So I think, I always say pricing is not an exact science, but the market will dictate the price. And a, a, a home is only worth what a buyer is willing to spend on. Yes. So like Bill had the best, that was a best scenario of like, yeah, you're on a busy street, but it'll still sell. It just means that the price is wrong. It's not, you know, it's not the street that's making it not sell. It's the price that's making it not sell. So it, that's a hard conversation to have with sellers a lot of times, but it's one that you need to have. If there's something that they can't help, like a busy street or, um, you know, no yard or, or something that's non-conforming to the rest of the neighborhood, then the price has to reflect that. Where they make their mistake is if, let's say they're, they're priced at, you know, 600,000 and everything selling at, you know, 550. I've had sellers say, I don't want to do a price reduction, but I'll take less. And I'm saying, well, how would they know that? Who are you telling? Right. So in, in Phil, like I've only ever sold in this area. Right. But so I could tell you right now that I've seen it in every price range. Buyers tend to not make offers until they see the price that's attractive to them. It's very rare for a buyer to shoot at a $600,000 listing when they want it at 535. Right. It's just not, especially in the beginning, which I get in the first two weeks, I, it's, that's probably, you know, too soon to be doing that. But after it's been on 30 days, it's very rare. And I've seen this in every market. And I give this one example. I had this listing in Point Breeze. We were listed at um, 400,000. I had all these showings, no offers. We reduced it to 389.9, which is basically it's a 10k price drop. I had three offers driving it over 400. We sold it for 10. Mm -hmm. And that's something that sellers don't understand. And I had it in the two million dollar price range. I had a I had a property listed at 2.1, no offers, a lot of showings, listed at 199, and then I had three offers driving it back up. It's 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 just yeah. a weird thing. I don't know if that's nationwide, but here in Philly, and I try to tell sellers that they have to see the numbers. So you're better off if the market 
in your area, if everything's selling at 550, you're better off coming on at 550, right on the number, than 600 thinking, well, buyers are going to beat me down. That's an old school way of thinking, yeah. especially in this market. You're better off coming in at 549 because you might get multiple offers driving it back up. It's just, it's just a different way to come at it. And what I tell sellers is the thing that hurts sellers the most is days on market. You're, Absolutely. Your strong, yep. strongest yep. day, day one, is when you're the strongest. And buyers know that. Every buyer we take in homes, the first thing they say is, how long has this property been on mm-hmm. the market? If it's day yep. one, they feel anxious. They feel like they have to make Urgency. a move. If it's day 90, mm. eh, they're not in a hurry. They might be tire kickers, blah, blah, blah. But I try to tell sellers, don't you want to be in a position where we get a few offers and you can pick the buyer you want to work with rather than come on high, have to be go on, you know, have showings in your home for 45, 50, 60 days, then deal with the one buyer that was willing to throw you a low ball offer whose finances aren't that great. But now you want to take a shot because it's all you got. So what position do you want to be in? There you go. Exactly. And the big thing you, you hit the nail on the head, Bill, like, the idea of getting multiple offers, when people are competing with each other, they feel like, they, obviously as a buyer, you want to have as few contingencies as possible. So that's when you're likely to get a person waiving inspections, uh, a person waiving an appraisal, you know, and a person obviously doing an escalation clause and going over ask price. So you're, if you price it at market, you're going to end up getting possibly you know, not only more than probably what you have it listed for because it's a multiple offer situation, but you're going to getting you're going to have people competing to drop their contingencies. So it's like it's such a win-win to be able to select, as you said, Bill, to select the buyer instead of having to go with whatever buyer they happen to get. And I think that um, you know, a lot of times one of the feedback you know that I'll always get from a seller is, "Well, I want to price it here so I have room to negotiate." That drives me crazy too. <clears throat> I think Big that's such mistake. an old school yep. yeah, way of thinking. Totally. Just to your point, like it's just price it where it's supposed to be and you won't need to negotiate. Hundred percent. It. It's that simple. You know, price number one. Number one. <laughs> yeah. always, number we all know it was and coming it will down. Always to that. <laughs> be number one. It will always be number yeah. one. Well, ladies, that was fun. Any final words for our top yeah, 10? Hashtag price your property properly. Okay. Hashtag that. <laughs> All right, segment three is now forever dubbed Dina's Download. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Dean, where does that come from? That's your newsletter? It's my newsletter, yeah. baby. It's so good. All right. Yeah, Dina's Download. Mostly Philly news, Philly Just, updates, what's know, coming what's up. You know, what's happening in Philly, so. All right, what do we guys, got? I read the most hilarious slash disturbing news headline recently. I don't know. I, I feel like Kristen probably saw this too. But did you hear... <laughs> What am I, chop liver? You, Bill, listen. I don't know if you... <laughs> you're not okay, in the know like we are. You're in the know because you're going you're to you're be in the know now, but... Okay. Did you, this is why I'm here. <laughs> I bet you Sheena knows. Um, yeah. Did you hear about the recent exorcism at Home Depot? Okay. No, no I guys. didn't hear. Okay, so... <laughs> a local Home Depot? A lo- well, in near Scranton. Okay. Oh, okay. That's not too far. So it's being referred to as a paranormal. I think I've been to that Home Depot in Lackawanna County. I've been to that. Yeah, yeah. I've been to that Home Depot. They probably only have one. So apparently, police 
in Lackawanna County broke up a group performing an exorcism in the lumber aisle of Home Depot for the dead trees, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Wait, what? So... What? For the dead trees, an exorcism for the dead trees. So I thought. Wait, I got so many questions. I that. feel I like I I thought of the recent lumber price spike, and I thought like you should have an exorcism for like contractors' wallets right now. That's really what should be happening. But I also thought, <laughs> like when I was in high school, I probably would have did that to just like. Do you have scene. details in this that's story? It. Like, can I give? Yeah, do I have questions? Do you have not? That's it. You that's can a Google wrap. it. That's it. They were what, what, arrested. They were okay. escorted out. What do you mean? A group of regular people, no. an exorcism, and trees. I don't understand. How do you? No one said. What well, else is going on? Did they on? think that's the it? trees were possessed? Dead the trees. Yeah. Was possessed? Like, exorcism. I don't what? know, guys. They were doing it for the trees. I don't understand. Oh my god. I don't. All right, tell the people what to Google. Google. Home Depot exorcism. That's all you got to Google. <laughs> it's oh it's on God. 6 ABC right. News. I swear to God, I saw it all over Instagram, okay. and I was like, this is... Usually it has to do with a human and demons and a priest, but this is it's just... for the lumber. Uh, it's for the to, lumber. Okay. All right. The lumber's possessed. For the lumber. Um, right. So I had to... <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's late in the show. We've been drinking. I had that 8.5% kind of, you know, Nishamini. So I'm ready to rock. I'm all tequila I'm ready up. To rock. I'm right with you. I'm understanding everything. Did you know so that Joel Embiid was recently spotted vacationing in Margate? I saw that. I did. I, I did love it. That. I did see that. I love that it. Cute. I saw that. He sticks out he a little sticks bit. Out. I'm yeah. like, stand next to Lucy, the, yeah. the the tallest thing in Margate, and you might yeah, be right exactly. there. Also, yeah. did you see... The Eagles' number one pick, Devontae Smith, bought his mama house. No. Yeah. He took his sign. What is it? His signing bonus. Well, he probably didn't spend all of it. But, like, they were like, what are you going to do with this money? He was like, I'm going to put it in the bank. And then, like, the next day on Twitter, he's walking his mom through the house as a surprise. And I just thought that was so cute. Um, Is that here? Did he do it? That I don't don't know. But I will say, like, taking... Your signing bonus and investing in real estate is a smart move for for oh, anyone who's definitely. listening. Okay, <laughs> go birds. Real estate plug. Um, That's a great but I story. do have sports on the brain, um, and this All is right. kind of a hot topic, Bill Ball. But did you guys okay. know that Philadelphia is bidding to be one of the ten host sites in the United States for the 2026 World Cup? No, no. yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about yeah. that. So it's we're in the early like conceptual stages, but Philly is competing against other American cities, obviously. And our host committee pitched. There's several sites. I think there's like six potential sites in, in Philly, and they can waive two of them. And they really only need four, apparently, but per city. Um, but the host committee in Philly pitched, you know, Lincoln Financial Field, which is obviously the the That's Eagles the obvious. as a right. potential venue for most of the 60, yeah, you know, whatever X matches, sense. but more than one venue is needed, like I said. So they're pitching FDR Park. What? Yep. And that's a hot topic because hmm. certain people, not everyone is in favor of that, obviously, because, well, it's like no, 358 acres or so. It's the yeah. biggest, like, you know, piece of public flat land in the in, well in South Philly, of course, but in, it's one of the biggest pieces of land in Philly, right? 
public land. So Philly Department. I don't see uh, that. Well, I, a lot of people don't. Some of the people in Parks and Rec don't. They don't see that happening because. Yeah. Well, they're they're trying to renovate it now. I mean, they got all this all these renovation plans. I don't know how they're going to. You see what I think what people forget um, when you're doing stuff like this is do you have to have not just a soccer field, you have to have, you know, grandstands for mm-hmm. crowds. Bathrooms. So stands, like in other words, park, if you right. you know, FDR Park has been going through these renovation plans these last few years. They shut down the golf course to redo everything. I mean, it's been a big city project. And I just can't imagine how for twenty twenty six they would just you would probably have to redo everything. It's insane. Well I don't know how they would apparently do it. that would cost like two hundred million is what they're proposing, right? So that's a whole can of worms right there. But not to go down that rabbit hole to keep it positive. The other proposed that's mainly FDR is being proposed as a training facility, just a practice. Oh, so okay. not to play, oh, okay. but to pra- kind of like Novacare. Novacare. Yeah. It's going to be like yeah. the Novacare for the World the World Cup, right? That's basically what they want to do. What, the Eagles donating to Novacare too? I, I don't know. That wasn't uh, mentioned. Uh, They're mentioning, oh, yes, Novacare. Yep. Others include okay. Novacare. That would be a good practice because the field's already there. I mean, they have the facilities, yeah. they have the locker rooms, as long as the Eagles, I, don't, I forget what time of year it is, but as long as the Eagles aren't there, I mean, they could probably let teams come over and practice and stuff like that. That makes yeah. sense. Philadelphia Union, Subaru Park. They're saying college fields at UPenn, obviously Temple and Drexel. Um, yeah, that's that's where you can. Right. You know. But yeah, that so, makes sense. So listen, I'm going to keep everybody in the loop on that. We have X no, amount I, of years I like leading it. I like up to the this. World Cup. That would, that would be, be amazing. Um, but I thought of I thought of you, Bill, in South Philly, and I was like, this has to be a hot topic because. No, I haven't heard anything right, about well, it. Have you That's guys cool. heard about the new Mexicali restaurant opening in an abandoned Jiffy Lube? Did you hear about this? <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, no. Is that all okay, Patterson. So there's oh Jiffy so Lube. I'm sorry. It's at 1036 Spring Garden, right by Union Transfer. Oh, in yeah, Spring yeah. Arts. So it's... Uh, it's across the street, right? It's across the street. It's... I think... No, it's next... I think it's next door. Maybe it's across the street. Oh, it is been, next door. It's next door. The car across the street is Juno. It's next door. Another Mexican spot. That's really good. But... So this place is called La Chinesca, and it's officially open. They enlisted some of my pals at Row Creative to handle the interior design, which they've done tons of... Tons of awesome stuff. Um, I'll throw the list on our Instagram but um, they converted the area where the gas pumps once were into like an umbrella covered outdoor seating like area there are windows inside the emulate garage doors it's all like super cool but La Chinesca serves food inspired by Mexicali Mexico which I learned something new it had they have a large Chinese migrant population which I didn't know um, but many restaurants in the northern region of the Baja Peninsula in Mexico serve either Chinese food or Mexican food. And sometimes, you know, those lines blur and they cross over. So their menu, mm. fe- it's, it sounds really good. Their menu features tacos, crudo, fried rice, salad, wings. But then I was creeping on their Instagram and I saw... A Paloma. Oh, there we and go. And I thought of you guys. And I've been seeing Palomas everywhere recently. Like I was 
at a happy yeah. hour earlier today and so, there was a Paloma on the menu. I was like, what is going on with this fucking Paloma? It's like stalking it's a me. Perfect <laughs> summer drink. Yeah. So I got to get one. I think I think I want to go here and get one. So well, let's, are we, let's meet up there next time. I think, I think we got to go there. I honestly do. I honestly <laughs> right, do. Let's, let's do just it. do it. Well, throw throw photos I'll, up on the I'll IG. I'll put them up. But the, yeah. the Paloma, okay. why it looks so good, you guys, is... It's in the glass that looks like a can. I don't know if there's a fancy name, but it's, it looks like a beer can. It's just a glass. You'll see it. It, lo- it looks... Is it a oh mason jar? Re- it's not a mason jar. Reanimator Coffee does this. La Chinesca has it. It A, that looks awesome. But B, the garnish is a giant thick slice of grapefruit. And I'm a garnish snob. Like, when I drink vodka, <laughs> I want a blood orange on the rocks with the vodka like and it just changes the game it's all about the garnish and that garnish looks so good, good man garnish. so all let's right, go let's check it, it out that's our our meeting spot next week that's right? it that's my download all right Boom. we'll report you know Listen, for the we'll show report for back. reporting purposes yeah, yeah. we're only yeah, going there yeah, for yeah, reporting yeah. purposes bill yeah yeah, yeah. For, for the, the people, people for the production for <laughs> so but that's my download awesome. dude that's it all right ladies we have to wrap up the show dina where can the people find us? On Instagram, Home Collective Happy Hour. Just nice. Home follow Collective us. Happy Hour. We're starting to post more. Don't be a follower, but be a follower. All right. Be a leader, but follow us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All of the stuff that we talk about, we try to post there. Yeah. Hit us up there. DM us. Nothing inappropriate. If you. All right, ladies. Have a good weekend. Catch you up with too. you soon. You too, Bill. All right. Stay out of trouble. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. See ya. phillyhomecollective.com slash podcast Philly, phillydesigncollective.com tinder.com You're just giving all the shout outs giving all the shout outs hit Dina up on the tenders do not I'm not on there Bill oh, I'm I forgot married. Dina's getting married she just deleted tender seven minutes ago <laughs> oh my god